Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and I'm here with my special guest, Eric Hunley. How you doing? Doing good, Eric. Doing good. Uh, this might be a little rusty show. I've been gone for a week. <laughs> Maybe. I, I've got to work on being grumpy. Last time I heard of that, I wasn't grumpy enough. I thought you were pretty grumpy, but you know, you can ease into it. You can ease into it. (laughs) So I got a little follow up. Brian has made it to Toronto and should be back next week. And I'm sure he'll be grumpy with a, with a cross country move or multi-country move, which is enough to make anybody grumpy. But, uh, I do have a little follow up on the last episode. I got, I got a few emails saying that I was a misogynistic pig dog mofo for calling this influencer who was who got covid and was going around with no mask getting people i know sick and i called her cunty mccunt face well nothing like saying the c word to piss off a bunch of americans <laughs> <laughs> everybody and everybody else around the world because we, we do have a very international audience they're like what's the big deal i'm like i don't know your Aussies are saying isn't that just saying hello exactly exactly <laughs> So uh, the story just kept going with this chick and it was, it was worse than I even thought. So she was asymptomatic. She got a positive test, but was asymptomatic and ended up just living life like normal, no mask going out. Then I see on her Instagram stories, what's she doing that day? Oh, she is delivering Uber Eats and Postmates all day. Typhoid fucking Mary. Lovely. Yeah. Isn't that great? Don't you just love how we went through a year and a half of all this bullshit just for influencers to go out there and say, doesn't matter to me. I'm special. Good Lord. No matter where you fall on it, you if you have something, stay the fuck home. Yeah. I mean, she could have had the <laughs> flu. She could have just had the flu and stayed at home. But no. Yes, please. <laughs> now let's drive around West Hollywood and give away food to people. <laughs> Coughing mm. on it. Ugh. So I'm sure the driver... The uh, cameraman and her her influencer sidekick were all very happy to have that in the car. Fun times. Yeah, no kidding. Good Lord, if they got it. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Or they already had it. Who knows? All these people have had it a million times already. Share the love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. In the news. We always talk on the show about how nobody ever gets fined for anything. And well, nobody does ever go to jail. We know that that's a, sure. that's a given. And fines have usually been, you know, coffee budget for about four hours for most of these companies. Well, the EU has uh, hit Amazon with one for $887 million. That's not chump change. No, that's like a company party. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> that might be the balloon budget for the year, but uh no, but this is the biggest GDPR fine so far. Of course, they're going to appeal it and probably get it knocked down uh, to like twelve bucks. But at least, at least they're trying. They're trying over there. You know, I I have mixed feelings about some of the stuff. I I'm wondering if GDPR and things like that may force a change because yeah, that that fine obviously isn't going to hit the bottom line. But if they keep hammering. You know, it uh, it won't even be a thousand cuts. Let's say they get a hundred of those fines. Mm-hmm. I guarantee they'll start paying attention. Yeah, we're, then we'll start start talking real money. You know, it's, it's every little bit counts. Every little bit counts. I think we need more 
<laughs> well, we got another one here. France has cracked down on Google's ad tech for a $260 million fine. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that was the um, – let's see here. Yeah, this was – they're basically, you know, more GDPR ad tech stuff. Uh, this was from the French. The other one, the other one was actually in Luxembourg because that's where Amazon has their headquarters. Mm -hmm. But this one's coming from the French. Um, so you know these things are adding up. They're adding. Well, this up. one's two. There's she two came yes, back. It was the two hundred sixty. Yep, and she came back and for five hundred ninety-four million dollars. Exactly. So maybe in third round it'll be a billion. I, that's what I'm saying. They're going to change if they keep getting their door knocked on. Yeah. The the thing is though, are they actually paying up? Because as we saw with the some of the Uber stuff here in California, they basically got it knocked down to a parking ticket. So it's, are these it's guys Europe. really, really uh, going to end up paying it? If they start having to pay out on these, that's when the change is going to happen. It's Europe though. It's not California. That's I mean, true. That's true. <laughs> We're just a bunch of damn hippies over here. So my fingers are crossed. My fingers are crossed. Um, but we do have another one. So uh, this is a Zoom one. Uh, remember when Zoom was saying at the beginning of the pandemic and everything was end-to-end -end encrypted and we're all mm -hmm. good and uh, turns out they weren't? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got slapped on the wrist for $85 million. So that's not – that's that's more in line what we see here in the States, you know? Sure. Uh, I don't know what their bottom line is because God knows their market share has gone up so much. And oh, Just yeah. COVID alone. No, they're a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company. So it's like so. I said, this is this is coffee, coffee mate. Steaks. This is what's irritating, though, is really the incentives on all of these companies is to just do it. Well, yeah, they've just got the figure money. this is a little bit of a cost of doing business, mm -hmm. raise everybody's rate a penny or two. And thank you very much. Yeah, that's it. We end up paying for it, obviously. But well, always. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> we end up paying for it. So uh, so we might not want to wish too ill upon them, but it would be nice if they did change their tune every now and again. So, I mean, that's OK. We got three, two good fines and a meh fine so far last week. So that's something. It's something. Well, this is a sidetrack. What are your thoughts on what Apple is doing with the iPhone. And I'm not talking about the story later. I'm talking about right now where they're saying, Hey, they're tracking you. Hey, this app's tracking you. Do you want to do it? Hey, this app is tracking you. Do you want to do it? And really, really pushing that. Do you think that may actually have more of a, an effect than these lame ass fines? Nope. I, I, I think it's an inconvenience for a lot of these companies, but what they've, they've known this was coming for a long time. So they've worked around it. They know other ways to get your data. They don't have to get it in the app track. I mean, yeah, it's much easier for them if you let them track you in the app and on the phone. But if you turn that off, they've got other mechanisms to get your data. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you can't win. You just can't win. So it's like loyalty cards at the grocery store. Just borrow somebody else's. Yep. Always use uh, was it eight six seven five three zero nine and whatever area code you're in always works. Except guess what? They track your credit card. Oh, that's true. Then just pay cash. <laughs> just pay cash. While we have it. No, just pay Bitcoin at the grocery store, right? <laughs> Can I get some douche, please? Some douche. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, Amazon is uh, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble here, maybe. Uh, the National Labor Relations Board said that, uh, yeah, what they were doing with the employees that were trying to unionize. Yeah, against mm -hmm. the law. 
they were not allowed to take away people's uh, basically the, the long and the short of it is people were handing out literature at the warehouses and the uh, Amazon goon squad came out and basically took the literature and said, get the hell out of here. You can't have it back. Uh, so this guy, Connor Spence, actually went and filed charges. Good for him. And turns out, yeah, they're they're not allowed to do that. So what they're saying now is that uh, the NLRB is saying you have to redo the elections because hmm. we've found we found that you can't be trusted, Amazon. You know, you're strong arming the people that work for you into voting the way you want. So they're going to probably have to redo the elections. So. You know, I, I, I get confused. I don't know all the labor laws out there. I know there are certain requirements. So. Because I haven't gone deep into it, I remember I used to work at Gateway. Mm -hmm. Yes, the cow spotted boxes. Yep. And they were trying to unionize there. Mm -hmm. And there are certain rules, you know, about it. And I don't know where the laws start and stop. But if it's somebody who is not an employee going onto the premises, they can be kicked off. That would be a question. Another issue, too, is... I believe they were not allowed to hand out literature during working time. They could do it, but it, you know, had to be like in the parking lot when you're leaving or going or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of, I, I kind of, you know, just looking at it on the surface level and I obviously Amazon's going to strong arm. Them, no question. Yeah. But I do wonder, were they illegal or not illegal or not? I, it sounds like they're being ruled that they were, but I do feel like there's always more questions. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, everything's a, you know shades of gray. But the fact that the NLRB actually investigated Connor Spence's claims and found that Amazon acted unlawfully means that at least somebody has looked into it. Oh yeah, so definitely we've got that. And uh, the uh, the Connor Spence case was in New York, but the uh, the re-elections are going to be down in Bessemer, Alabama. That was the big one that everybody was watching to see how they voted. So the vote down there was 1798 to 738, which is a pretty big swing to reject the union. So it's going to be interesting because, you know, you get to a tipping point where people are like, well, I just want to be on the side of whoever's going to be right. So it's like, you know, I, I watch enough Big Brother to know that the votes that you see generally aren't always what people want to vote for. But they see that the way the wind is blowing and then try and throw their hat in at the last minute. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because I'm going back to the gateway time. Mm hmm. We had a, a complete split because upstairs at the place was tech support mm -hmm. and downstairs were um, manufacturing. Right. Or assembly. Well, assembly wanted the union. Tech support did not. So you even within the organization often have um, a conflict. Hmm. Probably with pay disparity, I'm sure. Oh, there was definitely pay disparity. Um, there's. The people upstairs, the tech support got more money, mm -hmm. not a ton, but they did get more money and had a considerably higher skill level in perception. Right. And, could, and, and they had chairs. Anybody. They had chairs, you know. Yes. <laughs> Things like that. Chairs. If you're standing all day putting together PCs and you're making less money than the guys that are upstairs talking on the phone, I can see where you would be a little pissed off and want a little bit of extra. You know, you're all on the same team and arguably doing the the manufacturing job is harder just from a physical standpoint so i can you know i can see why they would want to unionize and you guys wouldn't but i honestly though i can't see why anybody wouldn't want to unionize 
I've been in I've been in a bunch of different unions over my career, and it's always been a, a net plus for for us. You know, I mean, I, I got it probably still in the grocer the grocery baggers union from when I was fourteen back in Chicago. I think I'm probably still paying dues on too. that. <laughs> I was in it too, and it's not always a plus because I I you know everything has two sides. Mm-hmm. I find that the union does enable a lot of slackers. No offense to move up the chain that aren't necessarily deserving. So if you're into meritocracy at all, unions can be anathema to that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, are you still going to, are you going to stop nepotism too? You got to fight your battles. So I, I don't necessarily mind nepotism. I know that sounds terrible. The, but, uh, the, the, no, the let's be realistic. No, I mean, let's be realistic. It's a, uh, nepotism is bad or it's good, it's whatever. However you look at it, even if there's no supposed nepotism, if you're working at a corporation and they say, hey, do you know anybody who can do this job? Well, who are you going to pull from? Mm-hmm. Somebody you went to school with, somebody's your buddy, somebody who's, you know, I mean, however you look at it, there's relationships. We're, we're this strange creature called a human being. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to pull from those we know. And that's a you know weird one too. Nepotism. It's like well, uh, any family restaurants completely nepotism. That's a small business. That's a small family business though. It. If you're talking about corporations and and you know bringing little cousin Joey who has no skills whatsoever and he gets to jump up the ladder because Uncle Bob is running the department sure. and then you know Steve over there who's worked as like worked for twenty years gets you know the can because little Joey's coming in. You know, it's which is uh, obvious. Abuse, but if you bring out your nephew and put him in the mailroom, yeah, that's perfectly great, right? Why not? Why not? You know, getting a kid a job for the summer. So I mean, I, again, I'm a pain in the ass, but everything has levels. You know, if a person is truly qualified in what they're doing, and they're not knocking somebody out, you know, who has a lot of years. Often, hell, I used to work for my dad, and uh, believe me, the other employees felt sorry for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, dude, I'm glad I'm not you. Because he would dump every shit task on my head to prove that he wasn't showing favoritism. He was showing favoritism, all right. Anti favoritism. Yeah, yeah, favorite place to dump. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so, I don't know. I don't know either. It'll be fun to watch this one, see how it plays out, and if they d- get to redo the vote. And if they do redo the vote, to see how it falls then. Because that might it might uh, might flip the script. Who knows? Probably not, though. It's Amazon, <laughs> you know. Now, in some fun news, oh, well, fun for me at least. It's raining influencers, Eric. <laughs> okay, how? Um, Literally I saw this, raining I, influencers. I know, I know. I, I okay. The first the first one I saw, 160 feet from a crane. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing on a crane? There's like, oh, that's their job. It's a job. So but she oh, Insta- well. she Instagrammed from the crane all the time. She was very famous for it. But she uh, was yeah. Instagramming <laughs> from the crane and she slipped and fell. While yeah, I, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh God, the, Darwin. The, the, I, I'm scared. <laughs> I, I look at a crane on the building. Oh, oh when I just no. look at it and I'm on the ground, it makes me nervous. Oh, I'd never get up in one of those things ever, <laughs> oh, ever. <my> <laughs> 
No. Oh my god. No, there's no way. And if I'm up there, I'm hanging on for dear life. I'm strapped into everything that I can get strapped into, you know? Yeah, and then I'm envisioning the bolts. Are they holding? Is this son of a bitch secured? Yeah. Hey, did I feel a breeze? Because you, you can <laughs> yeah. see this going. Yeah, did I up check there. the oh. weather report this morning? Is it going to be, you know, uh, breezy with chance of death? No. How about some lightning? That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're grounded. I'm sure. I hope. <laughs> uh, well, go check for me, Jason. Uh, no, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> I'd ask uh, Xiao Kwame, but uh, she's dead. Yep. And uh, that's how you say it. I was, wow, that's, okay. that's how I was going going with it. Uh, Xiao Kwame. Kwame. I think I got it right the first time. It was close enough. Uh, and then we've got YouTube star Albert Dryland. He fell 656 feet from a mountain while he was doing a video. Uh, he was 22. So see a little trend there. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's making a video in the Italian Alps. Slipped, fell, boom. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Sophia Chung. Uh, she died after falling while taking the photo at the edge of a waterfall. Don't go chasing waterfalls, Sophia. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Yeah, at least you will for about 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, what is up with that? I mean, how many times have we seen? There, there's probably a Darwin Award category for this. I, I mean, it's so common. It's like, oh, now you're not even a runner up. No, I know. Uh, it's like it is, it is one of those things where it's like you got to do it spectacularly or you're not even getting on the ticket. Because, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of these over the years since since Instagram came out and cameras on phones came out. I mean, how often do we hear these stories? It was just crazy that there were this many in such a short period of time. Well, I mean, and, and you, we all see them, right? I'm like, how badly do you want a picture? And do you need a picture of yourself over a cliff? Mm -hmm. I got it. Here, why don't you just take a fishing line and a GoPro and throw it? <laughs> or get a drone there like everybody go. else. Or get it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. I, I'm just like over and over and over and over and over. Uh, okay, population control. Yeah, cleansing the gene pool. Cleansing the gene pool. I can't feel bad. I'm sorry. I had. I literally can't. It. My body will not let me feel bad over these people. It just doesn't. I feel bad for the crane operator, oddly enough, because of the experience and all. You know, it's like she's 23. How much experience did she have? I don't know. I mean, she's been on it a while. It's kind of like that that YouTuber who uh, rode the trains for a while and finally mm, he died mm -hmm. uh, doing it. You know, I don't know. The only guys that I haven't heard much about are the Russian parkour guys. Those guys are, they, they make some terrifying videos doing parkour on skyscrapers. It's like, you're insane. You're insane. Well, they're Russian. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, also in the news, Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse. He's going virtual because he can't uh, make it anymore in the real world. Everybody's coming after him. So he's like, I'm going to make my own world. Damn it. We talked about this a little bit on the last show. And I love it. Everybody wants to be God. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody's calling it the Zuckerverse. Uh, now, Zuckerverse is more like it. If you believe any of this crap, I just want to put this in here to reiterate the word metaverse, because you're going to be hearing it for the next six months as a buzzword oh because AI is getting tired. Bitcoin yawn, you know, they need something new. The The tech press needs something new to grab onto to say, hey, this <sighs> is the next big thing. And it's not. It is not going to be the next big thing. These are up there with self-driving cars. It's still 20 years away and it's always going to be 20 years away because you need to build, you know, massive protocols and get everybody to agree on them. That takes committees. That takes time. That takes engineering. This is not something you can just go flip the snow crash switch and say, okay, put your headset on and you're, you know, 
your hero protagonist. Now grab your swords and pizza and get to work. It just is. It's so silly that people are like making such a thing out of this. I've got an idea. Why don't we just roll it all together and we can have the AI meta chain. There we go. <laughs> the AI meta chain. That works for me. Since everything was blockchain, blah, blah, blah. And you got an AI, you got metaverse. It just Let's just roll it all together for every hack idea. Yep. Put it on an NFT and ship it to the man. <laughs> exactly. You got to NFT it too. <laughs> Uh, Facebook, let's get back to the real world with Facebook, though. They cut off the NYU researchers who were doing the uh, ad tracking. This has been making mm. the rounds. Uh, and, of course, Facebook did. But a couple things about what they did this time. They they claimed the FTC was behind this one. And the FTC came out and said, excuse me, sir. No, we're not. We told you to do a certain set of things, and this was absolutely not one of them. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? So now the senators are getting on them saying, we want answers. We want answers. Blah, blah, blah. So Okay. Well, we'll see what actually happens because I'm over it. I'm over the little tap dance of bringing Jack Dorsey in, bringing Zuckerberg in, and then everybody yelling at them and, and us watching them going, yeah, you tell them, man. <laughs> and then they go home and then we move on. No legislation, no changes, no changes, nothing. nothing. Only thing we schedule, you know what? Might as well be a corporation because the only thing we schedule is the next damn meeting. I know. I mean, it, I could have watched another episode of Ted Lasso. I don't need to watch Jack or Zuck or any of these people on TV anymore because nothing happens. Nothing happens. All we get to do is get a new picture of Jack with a new beard saying something redonkulously stupid. That's about it. Oh, yeah, we're looking more content. Well, actually, it's funny because they have their pattern of behavior. You have Mark Zuckerberg, who doesn't look human. Yeah. He's looking more like Data every day. And I'm sorry, Data is a good actor, Brent Spiner. But, you know, Zuck's changing into him. And then um, Dorsey always has that hippie stone Wanna look like he's on mushrooms serious. all the time he's he's such a weirdo because he, he's like trying to look concerned and serious yeah but but you're, you're kind of looking at him going oh man don't ever if i ever had a daughter oh the shotgun's <laughs> coming out god help us yeah you know jack's a piece of work none of these people are normal in the head that's the thing they are just not normal no no because <laughs> people aren't meant to have that much money, especially people that young and that dumb. Shouldn't happen. Should not happen. They need adult supervision. So, and, you know, the senators are not the adult supervision we need because nothing's happening. So. No, because they're all grandstanding for their base. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to change. Here's, um, uh, this is where I get really cynical. Any organization that is created to um, march about or complain about any problem. Mm-hmm. Do you think they actually want to solve said problem? Hell no. They'd be out of a job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So what do the senators do? They have hearings. So if they actually pass legislation, we won't need another hearing. That's right. <laughs> but then what are they going to do? I don't know. Maybe do their actual job, but ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I don't think these guys' accounts are getting turned back on anytime soon. I don't think so. I don't think that plugin's coming back. No. Uh, there ain't no coming back, man. There ain't no coming back. No, you got to hack your way around. I mean, the only way they'd be able to pull something like that off is to open source it, put it on the blockchain. Ooh, no, no, no. 
and, and they make it just wide to work. Yeah, well, well, I mean, just the point is, decentralize it. Anonymize and it. And just hammer it. You know, have everybody donate their time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Whack-a-mole. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think anything's going to happen, though. So, no, of course not. No, no. Uh, Apple is uh, shutting down employer-run surveys where uh, employees are trying to get to the bottom of some pay equity issues. And Now, this would be the same Apple that... Let me see. Steve Jobs was prosecuted along with Google for having little agreements between all the Silicon Valley companies that, hey, you know, if we fire, you won't hire. Exactly. We're gonna, that, it wouldn't be that Apple, would it? No, not the same Apple that backdated all their stock offerings for Steve so he could uh, get his money back from getting his $1 a year stipend. No, not that Apple. Mm. Not that Apple. Okay. okay, good, good. Yeah. So basically, uh, people on their own time are trying to run surveys to find out where people work and how much they're getting paid. And what their what their gender breakdown is, what their ethnicity is, and things along those lines. Um, and uh, yeah, well, it turns out uh, they might actually be breaking some uh, labor laws by turning on, having them turn off these surveys. So well, it's kind of the same thing as Amazon taking away people's uh, flyers in the parking lot. Not allowed to do it. When I know what the, I know what they're worried about, but you could just tell them, don't worry. It'll be anonymized. Yeah, well, we're going to anonymize it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will know. Nobody could reverse engineer and figure it out. No, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. What, what Apple could actually do is instead of paying the lawyers to, you know, keep hammering these people down and do that, it's like, I don't know, maybe pay everybody the same. But... You know, we also don't know what the the hiring practices inside inside Apple are. You know, just because you are a uh, transgender uh, African American working in AI, let's say you're that person, and you've got another person who is a little bit different, maybe you know a a white male, but mm-hmm. uh, just because they have that different set of breakdown, you don't know if they have different skill sets. So. That's not you no. can't you can't correlate those two with the the pay disparity because we don't know what the what you know what degrees do these people have what accomplishments do they have they're not asking that in these in these surveys which is kind well, the of funny a, thing is that the transgender could be making more for all we know exactly I do know they don't want it getting out quite simply because everything is negotiated mm-hmm. and. You know, the longer you're with a corporation, I've got a lot of years in it. The longer you're with them, the less you're making. Mm-hmm. So if you start a corporation uh, year one and you keep getting promoted every year, whatever your bumps, your raises, the person who's hired in year five is probably going to make as much or more than you on day one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then the percentage of their bump is going to be higher relatively. So a lot of this is not even necessarily dealing with protected classes or anything of that sort. It's just simply, you don't want to know what Jimmy makes because you're going to get pissed. (laughs) Yeah, that too. That too. But I can see, but I I mean, I can just see where they don't have all the information just from these surveys. They're getting a very narrow slice Mm -hmm. of, of the entire picture from these surveys, which can, you know, honestly put Apple in a bad light if they don't no, if they're if they're not releasing all of the information, and nobody wants to release all the information, you know, 
I would, right. I would, if I'm working at Apple, I don't want anybody to know what I'm making, especially if I just cut a sweetheart deal because I was over at Google and, you know, they dropped me an extra 250 grand signing bonus just to get my butt over here. Which, mm-hmm. which, or, or you're on an initiative um, where, you know, it's, uh, let's say they're stealing you from Tesla because they're building a car. Yeah. And you're an engineer and somebody else is an engineer. But I can get 500 of those other engineers, but I really need that car engineer. I really need so the car engineer. That, yeah, the, I need the right. car engineer that worked at Tesla because he's got uh-huh. other information that he can bring to the team. You know, that's because there's so many variables that go into this. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that's why it's like, mm, yeah, it sucks that they're doing. I, I see it, though. Like, I can kind of see it. It's mm-hmm. like if I was running the place, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, I can't let this stuff get out. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's just one of those things where on the surface, there's a lot of these things this week that on the surface, it looks like, uh-oh, Apple's being bad. Wait a minute. Let's dig a little deeper and think for more than a headline in a paragraph and think about why things might be the way they are. So that's just my take on it. Anyway, oh, sure. I got to take on the next one because this is the Tim Apple sized elephant in the room. Yes, it is. Uh, the extended protect protections for children frequently asked questions that came out this week and all of the other brouhaha on the internet about everything with their new child safety initiatives. Now, everybody has gone bug nutty, batshit crazy over this because Apple says they're going to be looking at the photos on your phone. And if there's any kitty porn, we're going to call the popo, which is an, a gross mm-hmm. oversimplification of what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, I've, I've listened to probably 10 different takes on this, hours of podcasts, dozens of articles, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm tired just from all of the, uh, the research. But I'm going to ask you right out of the gate before I get into Jabber John about it. Gut reaction from you. What say you, Eric? It's wrong. And I will give you why, because I just had a huge debate last Friday on civil rights. Okay. I know this sounds crazy. I always have lawyers on it. I argue with lawyers because I'm dumb. <laughs> but it was brought up that it's ridiculous that by filling out the warrant with the wrong date or whatever, that this potential monster may be free because all evidence collected is uh, fruit of the poisonous tree. That's where the statement was going. And our counter argument and where I stand, stand is essentially a civil right is kind of like being partially pregnant. You either have it or you don't. So you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Okay. And I know that the slippery slope is a fallacy, but there's a reason it exists. Just because something is a fallacy doesn't mean it's not also true. They always, always start with child porn, terrorism. They don't start, you know, this is like San Bernardino. Unlock the phone for us. Well, no, no, we can't do that because we're going to have to build a key to it. And anybody's fine. No, you should unlock that phone. Apple doesn't care about terrorism. Apple's going to let people die. Well, now we're going the other way. Okay. I'm with you so far. We'll We'll scan your phone. And we'll, we are doing it for, you know, a God just reason. And yes, I hate child porn. I, I, it's disturbing beyond all belief, but then, oh, well, you're already doing the child porn scan. Just add this to the algorithm. Now I want, I want to know, uh, are there guns in the house? Is there a gun in the photo or, uh, let's run against this database. Are you with that known terrorist? Maybe. 
It just keeps going. Shouldn't be scanning. Okay. Now, my turn. I want to to back up a second. Did you read the technology brief on what this does? I have not. Okay. This is where... This is why this is why we're having this conversation because nobody fucking does. It's driving me crazy. So what they have right now is a hash database of verified uh, child abuse images, no. verified mm-hmm. by the the people who do this sort of thing and have to deal with verifying these images. Right. So those hashes mm-hmm. will get matched from a hash not from an actual image there's no they're not scanning images looking for actual items they're not doing recognition on them for anything it is basically a mathematical hash against a mathematical hash for one specific use case which is when you share a one of those images with iCloud so you're going to take that image and put it on Apple servers right mm-hmm. so by and i read i did read that okay. part and i understand right that. Every other company does this already. They do this, but they do it in because nobody is end to end encrypted quite like Apple is. So to get around the the constant hammering of law enforcement saying you can't have end to end encryption because of the children, what they have done is sidestep them and gave them a giant middle finger saying we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. We're going to keep end to end encryption for our users. But if those images are on the phone and they're coming to our servers, which is what we don't want, then we are going to track it. We're going to trace it and we will report it if necessary. That's what it's doing. It is not saying, give me a database of gay people and we're going to match all the photos of this person's in that. It does not do that. It is taking. Once you're matching, though, you're matching. No, no, but you're matching against the database. That's the thing. I I understand that. Mm -hmm. And you can also make the argument. And I actually am not completely against it that. If it's on the phone, you're fine. If it goes to iCloud, it's scanned. The iCloud is the Apple server. You're putting it at risk because you're putting it on their server. They're checking it. That I actually think is is fair. If they're doing it on the device itself, that's why I start getting into even more issues with it. They do it on the device before it hits the airwaves to get to their server. So it, does, so it doesn't actually land on their server. That's why they do it on device. Yeah, you see, I, uh, I, d- I don't like the idea of the device. And now when you're saying about law enforcement hammering, blah, 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 I would, with my legal mindset, would say get a damn search warrant and then run on that phone with that search warrant. Now, you see, this is- and and, and I'm, I'm just pointing this out because you have, uh, for example, the phone lines, right? People are talking all the time. So unless they're monitoring your calls, you have an expectation of privacy. Well, we we did, but remember the room in San Francisco that the yes, NSA I, yes, I know yeah, Edward Snowden. Yeah. I, I know, I know, and I'm saying they're breaking the law. So I, I'm I'm always going to side and be a pain in your ass by saying no. Well, I'm all, that's, that's that's my immediate answer is no. You've got to we really get Herculean in your efforts to overcome it, and it should be that way. See, I disagree. I I thoroughly disagree here because I see this as an appropriate middle ground to actually keep the users safer. And also remember that this is a private company, a consumer product that nobody forced you to buy. So always had to remember that this is not government intrusion into your phone. This is a private company protecting their ass to make sure that some scumbag somewhere isn't putting kitty porn on their server that they are liable for. Where are they getting the uh, hash? Uh, The hash is coming from... 
Uh, what's the name? There's so many acronyms in here. It's ridiculous. There's no FBI involvement. There's no government involvement. Uh, NSM, that, the right? NSMEC is where they're coming from, which stands for, that's what I'm saying. There's so many damn acronyms with this stuff that is a pain in the butt. But um, Apple, NSMC, or law enforcement. Let's look that up. It isn't real-time Googling fun on the internet, kids. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay. I think that that's a nonprofit. Not, I don't know if it's government. No, it's a private nonprofit and, and, organization. Yes. Okay. Founded by John Walsh and Ronald Reagan. There you go. Before presidency. Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, and I'm just pointing that out because you're like, it's not got the way. It's like yeah. when you have um, the private company acting on behalf of the government, then now you have a state actor. So that, that is a question too. No, I mean, all of this stuff is checked and rechecked before it goes to law enforcement. So they, they make sure that everything matches before anybody's even notified because they don't. I mean, it's, it's a nightmare for them if they send in a false positive. That's the whole point of this is that they can't have false positives. So that's why they're mathematically matching it, matching it against those hashes, against those images. So they're not doing any kind of recognition, image recognition, because everybody knows that shit doesn't work. Everybody knows that shit doesn't work. So this is this is a perfect middle ground, as far as I see it, from a technological standpoint, to let us still keep the end-to-end -end encryption on everything without having to put in a backdoor for government and say, hey, you're hammering us all the fucking time about we can't have end-to-end -end encryption because of the kids. Here, boom, fixed it. Now leave us the fuck alone and leave our users alone. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, I imagine that they're running these same um, hashes against uh, BitTorrents and things. Oh, they're, running, they're, they're running against everything. How do you think Facebook get, uh, turned in 22 million images last year to law enforcement? 22 million. Apple had 264 because they weren't doing anything because everything was encrypted. So this is mm -hmm. how they actually, like I said, give the middle finger to law enforcement saying, we're going to do what you want to do. But also, they're still going to actually try and protect the kids, which is a good thing. And everybody wins in this scenario because Facebook's doing it. Microsoft's doing it. Google's doing it. Any major company is doing this. And they're doing it probably in not as responsible a way as Apple is doing it. So that's that's my case. I, I understand that. I hear you. And I get so freaking annoyed, though. And it's always like, protect the kids. It's about the kids. And it's like, yeah, maybe. I you know, And of course, I come off sending like, oh, what kind of photos does he have on his phone? Nothing exciting, I promise. <laughs> no, but the, the, I mean, that's the thing, though. You don't yell at Dropbox for scanning for copyrighted materials. How, do you get on your high horse about that? Nope. Most people don't. But most people also, you know, never pay attention to it. But you, you try and upload a movie to Dropbox. I, I guess the difference is because I, in that case, you're sending it to Dropbox. In this case, you're sending they're, they're it not, to, you're trying to, you are attempting to send it to iCloud. Right. But I'm saying once it's when it's on your phone, that that's the difference. That's a device in your possession. Same with Dropbox. It's on your computer. If you try to send it up to their server and they catch it coming in, I'm okay with that. That's that's, a, that's the that's the difference. It's a difference a distinction is, without a difference because it, the intent to send it is when it hits the wire. They're stopping it before it actually goes out. But the intent is there to share it to iCloud. The intent is already there. It is going to go. So they're just putting a layer in place so it doesn't get there. Right. But are they scanning it ahead before it can even be intended to go anywhere? No, it's only... It's, See, it, where, where, where's the scanning stop and start? And this is very important. It does not scan when your phone is at rest. If you have iCloud photo sharing on, 
when when you take a photo or you upload a photo and it tries to sync it with your photo library in iCloud is when it happens. But if you turn off iCloud uh, photo sharing, never happens. Doesn't even get scanned. Okay. So you can opt out instantly by just turning off iCloud photo sharing. And then there, that that is a fair compromise. That that's my biggest worry is when it just slips to her. Oh, we're just you know no. looking in everybody's. No, phone. read the and fact. The fact are they the going fact to stop at that point? Explains this in great detail on how it works. Well, that's why I have you to read the white paper. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I'm here to just, just say, look, everybody's got the got a you know they're shitting a bunch over this, and I think everybody didn't read it, and that's why all the arguments aren't as good as they should be because it's not what everybody thinks it is. Well, I do want the limitation. I actually like the fuss that was raised. Okay, well. Because they need to be having to really justify it, really be careful. Don't just make a move. Of course they know that they're, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. They're not making this. Like, they didn't just come into the office one day and say, hey, I've got an idea. You know, this is. Oh, well, OK. Facebook's one of the biggest companies in the world and they do it every day. So give me a uh, break. Don't give me yeah, that. Apple's a little. <laughs> Apple's well, a little more grown up than Facebook. Come on. <laughs> If size is a factor, <laughs> how about Google? They're growing up. Yeah, mm. Sort of. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So there it is. There's, there's, there's my take and your take in a, in a, in a nutshell. So everybody make their own decision, but go read the shit. Everybody, please. Today's episode is sponsored by private internet access. America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's gog.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. 
Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with DeleteMe. DeleteMe scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at DeleteMe took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Are you hungry? I am which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. 
If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Ups and doodads. Eric, I got the greatest birthday present ever. I got the Sennheiser Pro Audio HD 650 open back professional headphones. Oh, my God. I've been using oh the Sony God. MDR oh. 7501s or whatever for eight uh -huh. years, nine years. And because everybody's like, oh, everybody, radio stations have them, nice neutral response, blah, blah, blah. And they always hurt my head. I hate wearing them. I can't stand wearing them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a professional. Let me ask for something nice for, for my, my birthday. And these are the best ones that you can get from Sennheiser for, uh, for you know, studio headphones. Well worth it. $500. What? $500, but then I have the Apple AirPods Max, so I can't exactly, say Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, these I, these were actually on sale for like 370 or something from the 500, but uh, they are amazing wow. and they're comfortable. I can wear these all day because I wear glasses and, you know, crappy headphones push into your head, but the sound on these is just insanely good. So uh, I feel that my production quality might even go up some because I can hear. But if you have somebody... If you have somebody else around, though, don't you have a leakage problem? No, not with these so far. Can you, you can't hear yourself leaking coming through, so. No, I mean, the open back, I thought that the sound would be heard by anyone in the room. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can hear a little bit going on in the room, but it's no big deal. No, I mean, they hear what you're listening oh, to. Oh, I have no idea. There's nobody in the room with me when I'm working. Nobody wants to be around me, so I don't know. This is for me. I don't care about anybody else. If they want to listen to my shows, go for it. <laughs> this is I'm working when I'm wearing these things, man. I don't really... Okay. I'll uh, I'll check them out when we're done. See if I can uh, hear anything, but I don't really care because for okay, me. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pointing it out because that's always been a consideration. Like, I have a wife and kind of want to keep her. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> it's like eh, it helps if I keep uh, 
what I'm listening to inside. But if I, you know, by myself or whatever, I'm wondering if they breathe more because of the open back. Uh, they're definitely cooler. They are definitely way cooler. And the foam on them is just stunningly comfortable. Stunningly comfortable. And I'm not getting any bleed back from you into the microphone, which means they're probably pretty quiet because I've got you pretty loud in my headphones right now. And even on the, the Sonys that I use, um, I can get bleed back from those. And I'm not getting any from this. Hmm. So, so far, so good. Okay. Yeah. They are pricey, but oh my God, they're worth it. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking them up. Dude, that's got a good bass response. 10? Damn. That sounds good, man. They sound really good. <laughs> no, you, you can listen to sub bass on that. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Wow. I'm telling you. Except they're wired. They're not like your Macs that are wireless. So. <sighs> yeah, the AirPods Max. Oh my God. Not good? They, they're, um. <laughs> How do I put it? They're, they sound fantastic. I love them, but it's taken me three units. Oh, really? You got some, some lemons? I, yeah, the quality control has just been awful on the ones that I had. Mm. And finally, it seems, knock on whatever hard surface you want, um, seems like they're finally going okay. And it's frustrating because... You know, everybody always goes on and about the uh, the Sony um, 4000s or whatever. Those suck. Um, the UHX, whatever the hell they are, they suck. They don't sound good. I don't know why they get every um, great review out there. I think they're getting paid off. But I got a pair mm -hmm. while I was waiting for the Audibles to uh, come back. <laughs> and they do a terrible job. You have to, like, constantly press them to switch back and forth between things. And maybe that's a factor. Because I'll be listening on my uh, laptop and then switch to my phone when I'm walking around. And I like the automated switching. Oh, that never works, man. That never works. I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't stand automated switching. I have my AirPod Pros and mm -hmm. I've got it turned off everywhere. And it's still I'll, like I'll be walking by a random computer in the house and it'll just start picking up that one and I lose what I was listening to. I have to unpair them, repair them, do all this crap. It's like I hate auto switching. Just I, I'm listening on my phone. Leave them on my damn phone. Yeah, it works for me. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's that's odd. Um, uh, the Sony hmm. MDR seventy five oh six. Those are the ones that I've been wearing for years. There's the standards, you know. Everybody has those in the studios. But yeah, I have the just the Audio Technica. Um, fill in the blanks, whatever. Yeah. The you know seventy to ninety dollars on sale stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are fine for the Sony's are fine for interviews. But if you're doing like, you know, really, if you want to get deep into the audio and do mastering and stuff like that, I think these are going to be much nicer, much nicer. When you're listening all day, I, I'm not, you know, sitting here all day doing this. If I was you know, literally interviewing four times a day or something, then, yeah, we might have to talk. <laughs> yeah. And they look good, too. They're stylish. I got to give them that. Ooh. All right. Moving on. I got some software stuff here. Uh, BB Edit 14 is out. I always keep up with my BB Edit upgrades because if you miss one, then you got to pay more down the line. And I always like the new features. And BB Edit 14, actually, they 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 figured out people like me keep BB Edit open all day long and just create new documents all day long for different notes. And you got so you got a whole sidebar of unsaved, untitled text documents. And sometimes every now and again, it crashes and you lose all those text documents and you have to go find the save file and the cache file, rebuild it. There's a, there's an old show, uh, probably in the under one hundreds of grumpy old geeks where that happened to me. And I bitch about it for like 20 minutes. So, it, <laughs> but now BB edit has come in with a new notes window. So you can just do that all day long. 
You just make new notes instead of having to make new text documents, and it just automatically saves them as you go. It's great. So that alone was well worth the uh, the update. That's cool. You know what I wind up doing is um, just notes. Yeah, I don't like notes. I, I use notes all the time. Well, I'm in. I use BB Edit because a lot of this stuff is I'm doing uh, text transformations on it. So I'm doing you know links and customized shortcuts and grepping and things like right. that. So, well, I use the other tool you talked about a while ago, and I haven't installed everywhere. Tyke. So I'm constantly pulling text, dropping it in Tyke, and then putting it over notes. Oh yeah, that's good for just doing a quick uh, conversion from formatted text to straight ASCII. Mm-hmm. But I've got I've got lots of. Uh, custom things built into BB edit for different shows and show notes and formats and things like that. So I'll do transformations on it. Like, you know, just, just the way to save documents and stuff like that. So I actually do use it more as a text editor, but I still use notes in there for just saving crap easily and quickly, which will bite you in the butt eventually. Yeah. I it's, it's funny because I think you got off of one and went to just Apple notes. Didn't you get rid of uh Something you were using? Oh, I was well. I was using reminders, and uh, well, no, I, t- I got off reminders. And I went to things. Uh, Apple Notes. I was using. I, I can't even remember the one before that. But Apple Notes is so good now. It's like great. It's it's. I've used it for a couple generations now. I can't even remember what the old one was that I was using for just basic notes. But yeah, Apple Notes is awesome. Yeah, I've been happy. I'm, I do all my interview notes on it, and since I have the phone, and everything mm-hmm. else, and I'm you know neck deep in lifestyle. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's quick and easy sync, gets the job done. Um, but I also I've been using uh, a new one called Ulysses for for mm. writing because you can you can it's a really cool writing app uh, and it does Markdown, which I don't like Markdown. I never learned it, but I got this because I got Set App. Set App is the subscription program where you get like two hundred apps for your Mac uh, for just you know one monthly price. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Where they do the donations or whatever? Or? No, it's well, it's like you, you, you basically, I think it was $107 a year because like, I paid for the year and you just get access to all the apps. You can install it on two computers and you get all the apps on two computers, which is what I've got now. So it works oh, perfectly okay. um, because I found an app called Time Mater, T-I-M-E-A-T-O-R, Time Mature, which is. <laughs> you listen to Gruber too. No, huh? I don't. <laughs> I, no. Oh really? He because he he had um, Pixelmator as a sponsor, and he called him Pixelmator for like four episodes. Oh uh, no, I think it's an <laughs> I, it's, it's no. an old joke between Mac people. I think, uh, yeah, Pixel Pixelmator. Okay. I, I I've actually used that line on the show when I uh, did Pixelmator back in the day, a couple a couple four or five years ago, I think. Uh, anyway, this yeah, this is a time tracking app, but it's a smart time tracking app. Uh, I've been using one called Timeline, which you start and stop, and it's got an iPhone app, and you can sync on iCloud to all your machines. It's great. But this one is cool because you can set a task, like say I've got a client, I have client name. Under that, you can set triggers. And so all of my stuff, all like all my clients are broken out by folder, and you can say start timer when working on files in this folder. So if I open up a logic oh. project for that client, it'll start timing right then and there so you don't have to think about it it's just track oh dude that's and the other cool thing is you can set urls too so if i'm working on their wordpress site putting in the notes keeps tracking there if i'm in libsyn putting the like uploading the show keeps tracking and then you can set it for like if there's no activity on these tasks for like 10 seconds 30 seconds a minute five minutes then it'll pause the timer 
is great. Mm. It is absolutely great. And it gives you a, a running list of everything you've done for the day, too, which is pretty cool. So, like, if I open it right now, I've got Finder and then a couple URLs that I was on. Like, this one is tracking me right now because I'm on the quip page for Grumpy Old Geeks. So, it's actually tracking my Grumpy Old Geeks time. So, I can keep an eye on that. It's really cool. Dude, that's... You know what that you could use that to um even if you're not charging clients like you obviously are so that's huge you could use it as like a, a budgeting um tool for your time like you're wasting your time on Facebook today four hours mm -hmm. or or whatever you could literally set it up yourself and go what am I what, I never have time to do anything and then yeah kind of like rescue time you can use it in that way. Rescue Time is the app yeah. that does that too, that uh, tracks all your usage. Or, I mean, it's built into the phone now. I don't even think Rescue Time's a thing anymore because we've got Screen Time built into the phones and all that stuff. Oh, I got Sherlocked. Uh, Sherlocked, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Time Mater is $39, right? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't want to pay $39 for it because then I was checking out Setup and I'm like, okay, well, I just unfortunately paid for Clean My Mac for the year, but that's in Setup too. Then Ulysses is in Setup, which is uh, the app that I wanted to try. I mean, it's like after about the first five or six of these things, it it adds up. Um, what's it? iStat Menus is in there. All of these little widgets that I pay for, bartenders in there. It it, it pays <laughs> for itself the first year if you don't if you if you want to try out like all the stuff that most of us use. Uh, it's it's a great deal. I was amazed at what it was because in the old days it wasn't that great. Um, a lot of the apps in there were just kind of janky, but they've actually got some heavy hitters in there now. So definitely check out Setapp. The link will be in the show notes for it. But uh, so I've, I basically I canceled my subscriptions for the stuff that's going to flip over and just pay for this one stop shopping. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I discovered got an email. I don't even remember how I found out about this, but Fountain, I think it might have been on the um, pod news site. Are you aware of this, Jason? Fountain podcast player. Uh, yes, I haven't. I don't pay attention to new podcast players that much because they come and go so fast. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in that world right now. But yeah, there so is. I'm waiting for a winner. I want to let these guys fight it out and then I'll figure it out because, you know, I've been using Overcast for years and now I've, I've kind of switched over to CastBox. You, whoa, whoa, you went to CastBox? Really? A couple months ago, or about a month ago, a month or two ago. So I got cast. I got Castbox Premium. Um, mainly, I got that because discoverability on Overcast is so terrible. So I wanted mm. I wanted better discoverability for new shows because I get bored and I want to hear a new show. And you, they never update any of the recommendations on Overcast. So it's it's useless to find new shows. So I was playing around with Castbox and I'm like, oh, I found a couple new shows in there. Tried them out and then I'm just like, yeah, I can just import my RSS feed from or my OPML file from Overcast into Castbox and everything's tracked over. So I just stayed. It was, it was just easy. So I, I'm I'm horrible. I actually use. Um... Overcast, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and for like different purposes. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds silly, but no, it doesn't. Um, I mean, you, 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 uh, Pocket yeah. Cast is like for my tried and true regular shows. Okay. Locked in, good um, playlist functionality, and then a good play next. But it doesn't play them in an order. Like in Overcast, I could start a show and then just start binging mm -hmm. it. That doesn't work well in Pocket Casts. So it's like every one of them has a flavor yeah. and Castro, I don't care that much about. So when I'm researching shows, I always, you know, check them out on other podcasts to see, you know, what they talked about and I put them in Castro because I don't necessarily want to 
clutter my entire feed. Mm-hmm. I hear you. No, that's that's a nice thing about when you're when you're actually working in podcasting, you do need different apps that do different uh, different things. Like I'll keep Overcast because it's easy to upload shows to for quick testing. And I can oh, God, run them yes. at double speed, get the silence removed and all that crap. So, you know, everything's different, but yeah. Or unpublished audiobooks mm-hmm. that you can upload into yeah. it. Um, another tool, have you checked out Listen Notes at all? A Jason? long time ago. Long time ago. It is fantastic. And they have a custom playlist that you can put in. So when I'm searching out a guest, let's say, they will show up on Listen Notes better than anywhere mm-hmm. else. And then I can just say, add to playlist, add to playlist, add to listen later. It's called listen later, whatever. And I just add them to that. So then through the playlist in Pocket Cast or Overcast, whichever mood I'm in, I can just start binging through the person I'm going to have on. Very cool. Very cool. But Fountain that I was talking about to be back on track. It's, you know, it's got the standard fare, share your podcast clips. That's a, a new thing. I think Marco started that first, really, with Overcast, and then everybody's kind of jumped into it. Uh, no, he wasn't the first. There were other players that did it first. He he get, he came in and okay. did it better, but there are there are players that did it first. Okay, he got the fanfare for it. Yeah. But now they're adding um, supporting with Bitcoin to it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting because, and I don't know how how they're going to pull it off, because I don't know if you've heard of Odyssey which is a uh, video player competitor to YouTube doing very well. It's mm-hmm. growing, but they're um, in a battle with the SEC. Okay. And uh, the problem is that how, how do you go about paying people and tracking this and things like that? I, I, I kind of am wondering if, if these guys may run into some problems. Now, Odyssey may be trying to do their own currency. I'm not sure. But um, that would that would be a concern. I do like the idea that it seems to be a new trend of trying to get podcasters money through audience support. I think that that's mm-hmm. a, a great trend. And the more everybody does it, the more normalized I think it'll be for the audience to say, oh, yeah, yeah, let me, you know, super chats on YouTube are a really wonderful thing. I promise you. And- yeah, this is kind of like that. And um yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody, trust me, everybody wants this to happen because nobody wants to hear another fucking better help ad. Um, so uh, what Fountain is doing is they're tapping into the new value for value system, which is basically Bitcoin payments in real time over the Lightning Network. Um, it's complicated to get set up for mm-hmm. all parties involved. The onboarding is shit right now, but they know that. This comes out of the podcasting 2.0 thing that Adam Curry's doing with uh, this other guy, Dave. I can't remember his last name. Um, and I'm not a huge Adam Curry fan. I'm actually, actually, I can't quite stand the guy, but (laughs) what they're doing here is they started off with a new podcast index to take away the thunder from Apple because Apple kept screwing the pooch Mm -hmm. and it's an open source, uh, basically podcast index that is crowdfunded, um, that doesn't have the oversight. You'd like it because nobody can get banned from it. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, out of that came this whole idea of the value for value thing that uh, Adam Curry has been doing for years with his show. No agenda. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a whole system that they're working on. There's a, there's a lot of shows that have it set up right now. I was going to set it up for grumpy old geeks, but then I looked at the onboarding process and it's just like, Oh, my head hurts. I don't have time for this, but I, I might end up getting it done. But if you go, there's an, there's an actual link in the show note called new podcast apps 
if you go there, there's other, there's a list of other players like Fountain that are new players that are actually implementing this lightning payment system. Ooh, podcast addict. So yeah, people are, people are really kind of starting to embrace this because, you know, the big players are like, they're kind of stale. This is like the only innovation that's going on in podcast, like serious podcasting right now. All Mm -hmm. the big boys are over there trying to squeeze out ad dollars. All of these people are trying to figure out how people can pay you in micropayments. You can get a couple Satoshis here, a couple Satoshis there. Well, it's up, man. I mean, and and if you could, a lot of people can support themselves on it. Like, I'm not a huge Sam Harris fan, but I'm a big fan of the fact that he's completely listener supported. Yeah, yeah. And um, hopefully, you know, within the next six months, hopefully Grumpy Old Geeks will be listener supported as well. So. We're work, we're working towards that, so that's why I think I'll probably end up setting this thing up soon, because um, nobody wants the ads anymore. It's a it's a crappy market to play in. It really sucks. It is, and then uh, the it sucks in multiple ways too. Because you know, fortunately, you're on a podcast. You swear you do whatever, and nobody gives a damn. Mm-hmm. I can't say fucking words half the time. Yeah, and it just See, that, gets yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it gets crazy. The self censorship. Um, you have to do to dance around mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. It's like you, you were coding everything. It might as well be running a drug deal because you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, you have these donuts. And, and what's a donut? Is that crack today or cocaine? Or it, it's just, it, <laughs> yeah. it's very much like that. I'm like, it's very, very frustrating. So, any way that you can get the listener support, and, and they don't even realize it, the ads actually pay you so little. Like if every person who listened to Grumpy Old Geeks paid a dollar a month, just one dollar, you would be going, oh, screw you. Never an ad. Never again. Yeah, we need two bucks for that. With your but audience? Our audience, is, our audience has gone in the tank after COVID. Everybody's did though. So that's that's neither right. here nor there. But yes, if we if we made X amount of but here's the thing. We just I me running ads and buying ads, or not buying ads, but dealing with advertisers. Mm-hmm takes up so much time. Oh, it is sure. such a drain. It's a drain mentally that, Sucks you know, this, the listener supported is kind of the only way to go anymore for, unless you've got 25, 30,000 listeners, which we don't have, we're not even close to that now. So it's like, yeah, let's just do it. Listener supported, tighten the belt a bit and see where we can get. And that's why things like this are, are pretty cool. So you finding fountain at the right time, you've, you got it in the right time, go check out the stuff on the podcast 2.0 site that I linked in the show notes and other podcasters. If you're listening and you didn't know about this stuff, go check it out. Um, cause I want to support these guys. I actually own, I, I don't own, but I, I donate a server every month to the podcast 2.0 index. I've been doing that for wow. like a, a year now. So Damn, I want dude. these, I, like I said, Adam Curry, not a fan, but the project big fan of. Hey, you know, we're complicated creatures. Yeah. You can hate somebody for one thing and they can be good at another. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm looking at Podcast Attic because Podcast Attic has been um, big in my stats. I'm like, oh, people use that? And mm-hmm. it, it's like number one or two for um, people listening. And then I open it and, of course, sponsored. Number one ad. Take a guess. Who? The Jordan Harbinger Show. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Jordan's everywhere. Jordan is everywhere. So yeah, everybody go check that out. It's good stuff. Closing shout outs. Due to time, we had to cut out a lot of stuff this week. So if you sent stuff in, thanks and sorry we couldn't get to it. Brian will be back next week, and I'm sure some of it will still be here. 
because, you know, he's moving and doesn't have a lot of time. So recycled content. Woohoo! Over at Patreon, we've got S and Exalted Slayer. Thank you both so much. And over at PayPal, we've got Sheila, Michael, Simon, Matt, John, Judge, Matthew, Jonathan, Melissa, Nikolai, David, Doug, Nicola, Shaleen, Vincent, Andrew, Breed, Ralph, Mark, and Jens. Oh, thank you very much, everybody. And over at the tip jar, we've got Michael Z and Melanie G. Then we've got Ann Q with the subscription, John L with the subscription, Glenn B with the subscription, and Linda M with the subscription. Thank you all so much. You are helping keep the lights on and uh, bringing us back every week. And I cannot thank you enough. Over at iTunes, we got a five-star from Hubone. Great show. Wish I found it sooner. This show is my podcast of choice on my commute day every week. Well, thank you, Hubone. And we've got Chris in Rochester who says, friggin' sweet. The show is great. Strike that. It's fu- uh, uh, fucking great. It's as advertised and always entertains. Grumple lump everyone. Well, thank you, Chris in Rochester. And Twinks sends in a five-star and says, five stars for Cunty McCunty a lot. Yeah, see, some people did like that. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Much appreciated. Thank you. And uh, we will we'll get you in next time when uh, Brian decides to move to Botswana or wherever the hell he is next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo with our special guest, Eric Conley. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 517. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. And it's good to be back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.